Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dave AC and The Sixth Doctor. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast, everybody. Oh, that was a little loud coming in. Sorry if I burst anybody's eardrums. The terrible thing about ADHD is you're distracted by things at the last second. But mine's Doctor Who related, at least. I've realized that my Dalek is teetering on the edge of my bookshelf. It's quite fascinating to watch. He could fall at any second. So if you hear a loud thump later on, it's Dave. He drank too much at the wine place last night. <laughs> you can't get a better intro than that, Dave. Here's Dave AC. Well, it's true, and, and talking about death of me is, I mean, it was a little bit better than the last time you did it when you took me into that uh, office, uh, strapped me to that chair, put a clock on the side of the counter and said, I'm sorry, you're going to forget all this, and then blasted through the earphones. Most disturbing. I felt as though I was in an alternate reality, but that might have been a spoilery clue to what we're going to be talking about later. <laughs> well, uh, you think that was disturbing? <laughs> Just remember, you forgot stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now that's disturbing the one thing i will say that yesterday i could have probably duplicated that fall off the cliff and not hurt myself <laughs> I all righty well let's get down to business well and by business we mean the other people in the room yes let's see who is joining us on audio uh can't believe it Yes, he just stepped through a portal right now and said, can you believe what an entrance? Because, yeah, I provide great entrances, right? It's Mr. Handel Thor. Hello, Mike. Hello. We're all here to discuss Better Call Saul, right? Yeah, that's it. Because oh. we're going to get back to those commentaries, Dave? Yeah, well, everything you know is wrong. I thought the only reason here was that you heard some news that the Wheel of Time was finally going to be made into a TV series. Oh, that's old news. All right. Yeah, yeah Rebecca told them about it. <clears throat> yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, Segway upon segue upon buried hidden jokes. Yes. If you're new to the Colton Collective, you don't understand any of this, but we're sorry. We really are sorry. That's the tagline. It does what it says on the tin. All right. Let's move swiftly onwards to a man who knows how to make an entrance. Unfortunately, it wasn't on audio. It was as we were counting in to start the show. It's Mr. Darth Skeptical. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? Louder than I was, apparently. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. Probably said <laughs> Good Lord. That was my problem. I leaned in instead of leaning out. <clears throat> it's always been my problem, apparently. Yeah. Glad usually, you could join us. He usually wears loud clothes. <laughs> yes, I do. 
Um, yes, uh, we've got a, a, a full bevy of uh, opinions today, uh, including, of course, Mike. Mike has not been away due to, of course, not loving this uh, season of Doctor Who. In fact, um, is uh, quite in, in favor of the Doctor uh, this time around, but due to other circumstances, hasn't been able to be here. Probably Wait, he's been when did Doctor it. Who come back on the air? I don't know, when you were starting <laughs> to watch it instead of showing up for work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I figured that out. It only took me, what, the entire series to figure out what your previous engagement was. Yeah. It. We are talking about the last one. Hey, hey, hey. I'll dock your pay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for everybody on audio. Uh, there's uh, only one thing left to do, and that's to flick this rather large switch over here. Control, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable cone of silence. What? What? All right. Yes, under the cone of silence today, of course, is... Uh, our uh, resident cone expert. Uh, there's nothing about cones that he doesn't know about. Um, it's Cybob, yes, our resident cone sitter. Uh, if you have a cone that needs sitting, uh, he'll get his padded pants. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, also, he has somebody to sit today. Uh, Guest Five is joining us under the cone. I'm glad you could join us. Five. Yeah. Mm. I, That's I'm really who you are. Five. I think that guest five is actually Saul Goodman because I remember him dropping his cone on the sidewalk in the latest episode. Uh -huh. I see that. Yes. All right. Well, that's everybody. Uh, oh, 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 I am missing one person. Uh, could you, uh, could somebody open the door to the newsroom? Mm. Okay, here we go. Go, go Teppy Monkey, monkey go. go. Now, would somebody close the door before he flings something at us? All right. <clears throat> I thought I'd make that work at the end. Good. <laughs> All right. It's time for news, and I can barely contain myself as we have some bear news. Um, after looking at uh, numerous Facebook posts, I finally caved and uh, went and had a look at the Build-A-Bear website in the U.S., and they are all sold out of the bears. Um, I don't know when they're getting more. They do have... Uh, uh, clothes for bears available um but of course with the u.s one it's only uh an online order only i don't know if they're ever going to do them in the stores and frankly I'd, I'd be kind of a little surprised if they did maybe in a couple of the big you know main hub stores but uh yeah uh, u.s it's online order only um and they will ship you either a naked bear with clothes or they will ship you a dressed bear. It all depends on the experience you want. Um, and of course, uh, the deluxe set, I think it goes for $70 when they have it available again, um, comes with uh, your chosen doctor bear. Um, and the extra $10 on this one gives you um, the sonic screwdriver, which according to Tim Jury, who took his to a comic book convention. Sorry, Tim, I can't remember which one it was. Um, this weekend, and yeah, the sonic screwdriver actually makes noise. 
makes the sounds. That's really, really cool. It comes in a TARDIS box and everything, and his looks fantastic. He's got uh, um, a jo his, his Jody bear, and uh, yeah, it just looks great. I, I've never really wanted a bear quite so much, and I've never, I mean, I've got it, and we bought a Build-A-Bear a long, long time ago when Liam was first born, and they put a heart inside of it and everything you could write on the heart. It was really kind of cool. Um, so, I mean, they're really great. And so, I, but I really, really kind of want to uh, make one though. So I do hope there's the availability at some point to, you know. Yes, they are shipping a bear bear. <laughs> bear bear. Are yeah. The jokes are out here. They don't get any better. They don't really. Yeah, just stop listening now. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So, uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> stay tuned to this channel for more bear news i'll just go put my clothes back on now all right dave you have some news yeah uh, i should by the way uh start with uh, uh mentioning that uh, ken can't join us but he has given us some feedback to read out later but yeah um something that i hadn't heard was coming but um av forums I've done a piece on it, and uh, apparently uh, a remake, and I say remake, uh, of The Twilight Zone seems to be coming back to uh, uh, is it CBS All Access. Um, and I say remake because one of the stories is, uh, you know, the uh, terror at uh, 30,000, 40,000 feet, the, um, the, the very famous ones with the gremlins on the ship. I think they're doing a different storyline to it, but they are going to be based on on classic stories from the original. And I've got a little one and a half minute um, trailer of this, and it starts first uh, of April. So let's just play that. Everything that happens in this universe has to be the way it is. Things happen the way they should. It's all the same number. What are the odds of that? You happy with your life? Don't you want it all? It said that would happen right when it did. Where's our dog? We don't have a dog. Do we go backwards again? Everything you said would come true has. I changed something. Erased something. We're not meant to be here. Life sometimes goes like you don't expect it to. What did you do to me? Turn it off. This is real. Well, I don't know how that was coming across for people listening, but on my headphones, that sounds truly fantastic, the sound quality of it. Really rich depth to it. Um, I'll just read a very brief bit from the AV forums and um, see if anybody wants to comment. Ian? Yeah? I think this started like last year. 
Yep. Last year. The year before? Yeah, yeah. Year. 10 episodes. Yeah. The PO version? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it says 2020. Uh, I just linked to the uh, Wikipedia page. It's 2019, 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, perhaps it's only just coming to the UK then. That's Could what it is. Yeah. 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 Because mm-hmm. you don't have CBS All Access, so no. it's got to get scrambled somewhere else. Where's it going? Netflix in the UK? Uh, I, I haven't read all the way, but it, they mentioned that it's CBS All Access, but that's perhaps you know the fact that they've now sold it on uh, but it says right. here uh, the series kick starts so it, again this is a review that only went up uh, yesterday kickstart mm-hmm. in the uk where the order is slightly different with a remake of the classic nightmare at thirty thousand feet the original was the late author uh, richard i am legend matheson's and starring a young william shatner um so i'm sorry if that was all so those those- no, no, yeah. no. For for those of you in the UK, it is new news. I mean, that's one of the things is like, you know, just because it's new here, I mean, that's the thing you guys get. I mean, right now, you've got free access to brand new episodes of Bitter Gold Soul that I don't have access to, even though I have Netflix. So, you know. And okay. also, apparently, even though this is an anthology series, there's no continuity yeah. or whatever, but they are apparently releasing these in a slightly different order. If you, you Dave was just saying that The Nightmare at 30,000 Feet is the first episode. Here in the States, The Comedian was the first episode, but I think they were releasing the same day. Yeah, they were released the same day, April 1st, 2019, here in the States. So, uh, And is there a, has there been a Series 2 made? Or I'm it? checking. It doesn't, the Wikipedia page doesn't mention anything. Uh, no, yes, yeah, on I April 29, 29, 2019, the series was renewed for its second, se- second season, so that was almost a year ago. Right. Do you know how many episodes are in in the season 10 10 okay that seems to be the new start i mean and I'm, there will be let's see one two three four five six episodes confirmed for no wait season two will consist of 10 episodes the wikipedia page lists the titles of all the episodes writers uh, and guest stars nothing more than that really it's right r- r- releasing sometime this year uh, remember- their podcast back up right Um, I, Talking I remember Twilight Zone needs to come back now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was yeah, a yeah. podcast. Yeah. Reunion yeah. episodes. <laughs> Robert Carrick King ought to give a shout out to him too. Who does reunion episodes? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, when we talked in the past, like uh, when we did that one on uh, uh, Smallville, we did a, a review of five seasons of Smallville or something like that. Obviously, there were more seasons than that. But. Um, there were 26 episodes in a, a season at that time. Then they started to drop down to like 21. Um, I'm not too sure with Arrow and um, uh, Flash whether they stick to something like 16 now. And as we know with things like Picard, um, 10 now seems to be. Well, it went to 13, and now 10 seems to be the um, the, the default almost. Uh, well, it seems to be for the mainly for the uh, streaming services tend to deal in the you know the smaller batches, whereas regular TV like Flash and all that they're like nineteen, twenty, twenty-three, right? Right. But I mean, right. I, I think even in regular broadcast TV, they're they're moving away from necessarily the the you know full season model and you know doing things in smaller batches and having more shows, you know. Uh, right. 
Um, I just went to see if uh, Mike's audio clears up. He's got a little thing there. But um, were we oh, actually yeah. going to? Um, I think. Um, well, Darth said he'd jump in if he had any news of his own. Right. <clears throat> You've covered yours. Mike's uh, <coughs> audio played up for him to come in. And Can speak. you still hear me? No. Yes. Come now. It just it just says that my video connection is not working, which I don't know why it says that because I'm not streaming hmm. video at all. So yeah. I shouldn't even be checking that. But um, yeah, yeah, one little news item here, and that's um, if you've been paying attention to the the, the uh, website Humble Indie Bundle, where they do all sorts of bundles for video games and books and. Uh, so just all sorts of different stuff for, to, to raise money for different charities. They are currently doing another Doctor Who-themed bundle where uh, there are three different tiers, and you can get uh, different uh, Doctor Who comic books and big finish audios. At the there's at the first tier of uh, five, uh, like $1 or more, you get uh, a whole slew of Doctor Who comics. Uh, uh, the 10th Doctor, Volume 3, 11th Doctor, Volume 3, 12th Doctor, Volume 3, Ghost Stories, which is, uh, involves the character from Doctor Mysterio, the Christmas episode. 7th Doctor, Volume 1. I'm sure someone here on this podcast would enjoy that. <laughs> uh, the 4th Doctor okay. collection, <laughs> Gaze of the Medusa. You get uh, the Dalek Empire uh, stories, unit stories. Uh, second tier, eight or more, throws in some uh, Ninth Doctor stories, Tenth Doctor comic books, units, stories from Big Finish, New Earth, Tales from New Earth. Uh, the, th the third tier, 15 or more, adds in some newer stuff. The, the third seat, 13th, 13th Doctor, number zero, number one, Road to the 13th Doctor, uh, 10th Doctor, volumes five, six, uh, 11th Doctor's volume five and six. 12th Doctor, Volume 5 and 6, and throws in a bunch of uh, Big Finish stories, including uh, Lost, Lost Stories, The Fourth Doctor, Unit Extinction, some Doctor Who, uh, Love and War, Death and the Queen, Time Reaver, Technophobia. So newer stuff mm. from Big Finish, and that's all right now over on Big over on HumbleBundle.com. Oh, I might have to do it. Hmm. And don't forget the beautiful like thing my about iPad. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely to read on the iPad. Uh, but the beautiful thing about Seventh Doctor in comics is, well, A, no Sylvester McCoy, so you can feel free to incorporate <laughs> how you want. But B, it's really an important turning point in the history of Doctor Who comics, and you start to get some uh, creators on board who are still with us today. Uh, and th there is actually quite some stunning art in the Seventh Doctor era. So. And sorry to guest five, by the way, of that last remark. Um, the only other small piece of news, because um, he's a bit of a Seventh Doctor fan, you know, um, is um, something on the BBC News site. Uh, I don't think we should dwell on it, really, but um, there's been another kerfuffle at an awards ceremony. And that's the French Oscars. Um, <laughs> a lot of male actresses uh, walked out. Uh, because of uh, Roman Polanski uh, got an yeah. award. Yeah. So um, I put the link into that. Um, uh, several actresses have walked out the uh, the Caesar Award ceremony in Paris after mm. Roman Polanski, who was convicted of the statutory rape, etc., et et back in 1977, won the best director. So, um, uh, I mean, there's no doubt about it that these. Are, are times when people will 
will will have political stances and moral stances and uh, use the platform of uh, events like these to, to to make protests and and they've they, they've taken that option. Um, I don't think there's anything more to say, but it's certainly um, you know not not as infrequent as it used to be. I mean, I, I remember back in the day, the the only protests at events like this would be is when uh, when uh, in the fashion industry they were wearing real furs, and um, they got a lot of protests then from people uh, saying that they shouldn't do that. Um, but it seems to be now. I, I suppose it's to do with the. Um, the amount of publicity these events get. I mean, um, something that that uh, gets addressed in such a public uh, venue as that uh, gets resonance, gets leverage, I suppose. But um, there you go. Well, it's yeah. not quite as infrequent as you believe. I mean, there was the whole That's Marlon Brando thing where he protested. Right. Was it Marlon Brando who protested? Um, Native American something. I, I kind of forget. Uh, and then there was a time when the guy ran out on the stage in the 70s naked, streaked the Oscars. Um, huh. There's been, you know, and then there's people who just refuse to put their name forward. That's a little more common at the Emmys than the Oscars. But, well, I think Brando eventually just said, I'm not going to put my name forward or gave back the Oscar or something like that. Well, it's it's not not, no, we had the McCarthy era, didn't we, when uh, there were blacklisted actors and some directors would, right, uh, yeah. would, employ, would employ them, even even though uh, they'd employ them uh, in an official capacity off the payroll sort of thing yeah. to script write or whatever. Yeah. So, and then you have like some things that are off Oscar, but nevertheless involve Oscar, like the... Um, the big strike at Disney by the animators and the in-betweeners and everything in the, uh, what is this, 50s, late 40s, somewhere in there, after he had begun to collect Oscars and they kind of said, well, you're not getting your Oscars without us and you're not treating us fairly. And they used it as a sort of a, a part of their uh, rallying cry to organize, you know, so it's whatever. Yeah, they're they're I mean, high profile global events, so yes, people use them. Yeah, but it's not, yeah. I don't think it's particular to the 21st century. I think it's just now, it, this is a very politicized you know, few years that we've been living through, and uh, we just happen to see it more, maybe. Right, yeah. I mean, not just on this sort of thing, uh, on, on what you might consider smaller scales. We've had things like um, where actors in the Big Bang are, I think it was the Big Bang, they found that other, their co-hosts weren't getting paid the same as them. And they um, they, uh, they either refused to sign their contracts until right. there was um, equity yeah. uh, amongst the... Because it was really collaboration cast. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 well, I mean, how could they know at the start? Because a lot of the, the way that Big Bang happened was very different than the way that Friends happened. You know, where Friends, right. they from the very beginning did collective bargaining because they knew that they were all equal parts of the cast. But Big Bang, right. you know, it really did start out with just the three people, and the other people were all guest stars. Right. right. But they eventually worked their way into regular status. So you had this sort of two tier system, but both tiers kind of working in collective bargaining within those two tiers. So it's interesting when you talk about long-term profits on TV series and how casts develop and coalesce and what you do. But yeah, I mean, Hollywood has always been about unions and about, you know, rights and protesting and you're making films, you know, to 
document your anger at a certain part of the world or your celebration of a certain part of the world or i mean it's art art is about expression it's about you know hey i'm trying to move the needle socially so I right. dig it. if it wasn't like that i'd be very sad to be honest with you uh, uh, so i know we always got some but uh, on bbc4 in the uk um they're bringing back a lot of the old um uh, chalking heads of the uh, Hollywood. So when they're showing a big film, a film yeah. noir, uh, they have a, a an interview. And I think I think okay. it was Robert Mitchum that I was watching one, and he said, you know, he never signed for any, you know, because the standard then was you signed a seven-year contract. Yeah. Uh, and I think he said that he always stayed independent. There were a couple of others. Um, he he was lent from one studio to another. Was it? But there was a few like that. Was it Barbara Stanwyck, another one that was uh, stayed mainly independent? But of course, these people were really, um, you know, uh, they broke the mold in terms of the. Uh, right. I mean, you, yeah. And I, I, that's a really fascinating part of Hollywood that I love to look at because you can point to individual actors like James Garner as a, a hero, really, because James Garner, you know, was in Maverick in the late 50s. Um, obviously, a defining role for him, but. Uh, he found after a time, well, there was a writer strike in, I guess, season two or season three of that show. So whatever, 58, I want to say. Um, and then what they were doing was reusing scripts that, that had already been filmed, but not paying the writers. And he was like, I'm not standing for that. That's ridiculous. And so he walked on that show. Like he took it all the way to the line and then just said, I'm, I'm leaving because of this issue. And he also wasn't getting paid. I mean, it wasn't completely selfless. There was, there were some actor things too, but it, it was, it was really cool how he combined it with um, sort of protecting writers as well. And it, it, yeah, he may have lost a job as Maverick kind of, you know, and Roger Moore comes in to sort of fill the slack on that show. Um, but he he did make a stand that lasted last to this day that you can't just take a script that's been used in the, because they did this all the time back then right because they had so much television to do it's not a british tradition it's an american tradition because we you know mm -hmm. british shows as we're going to talk about here lately you know we're on episode nine of a 10 episode season of doctor who it's not very long but of course american shows much much longer and back in the 50s you know you're talking about much more like what the Hartnell era was like in Doctor Who, where you were basically doing an episode a week forever and ever and ever, right? It's why it's why seven episodes, seven seasons of or seven and a half seasons of I Love Lucy last you for just ages of time if you're trying to watch the whole thing, uh, because they were filming whatever forty plus weeks a year, right? And so the way that they would handle this on some shows, especially the longer form shows, the hour long shows, was that they would just reuse scripts that they had done before. And it's a terrible practice. It really is. Not only is it bad for the consumer, but it's it's just really awful to the writer. Uh, and uh, so it was great that he struck out and did that. And although it temporarily hurt him a little bit, didn't stop him from you know becoming Rockford later on, didn't stop him from coming back to Maverick in many different forms um so it's, it's really cool when you see actors looking beyond themselves and trying to right a wrong so. right. 
Yeah, uh, I've also put a link in there. It's a slightly different program from the BBC archive called Hollywood Voices, but um, mm. those uh, Charles Chaplin, mm. uh, who else? Joan Crawford, Danny Kaye, Bing Crosby, Sid Charisse, Alfred Hitchcock, Howard mm. Hawks, uh, Deborah Carr, uh, Donald O'Connor, Henry Fonda, Dorothy Lamour, John Fontaine. Uh, Cornell mm. Wilde, Frank Capra, uh, George Cooker, James Cagney, uh, yeah. Lemon. So fantastic. And I don't think those are region lock. Sorry. That's okay. Um, so uh, are we finished with news? I don't know how. I, I, actually, I do have one little piece of news. Uh, I guess uh, it will be Disney theme park news. So this is the big win, people. Finally, after many delays. On March the 4th, Mickey's and Minnie's Runaway Train Ride opens up in Hollywood Studios uh, with what was at the time an innovative uh, ride mechanic. But because it was delayed, that ride mechanic is also employed in Rise of the Resistance. So therefore, you know, you, you've got two rides now running kind of on the same um, right. thing but the great thing about it is um to me at least that they're using the modern iteration of the old school mickey that is to say the modern mickey shorts um as mm. the basis uh instead of you trying to use some 40s or 50s version it is the 2020 version of mickey and minnie and i kind of dig that those are hilarious i love them sorry go ahead Ian. No, I'm just agreeing with you, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Were you saying that, Dave? Uh, I was uh, looking oh, at... No, no. Yeah, I was going to oh. say earlier, because uh, yeah, I've noticed that about one thing is, um, but I don't think it's the mechanics that matter, because if you go to Universal, I don't know about uh, out in, Florida, uh, out in um, California, but the Spider-Man ride, the yeah. Universal, mm -hmm. uses the same the mechanics... Same as Transformers, and Transformers is nowhere close to Spider-Man. Spider-Man is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean that's certainly I mean, true. Like if you look you at, uh, it's true to an extent. But this, I'm, I'm just excited right. about the mechanics because it's an innovation oh. of 2020. Oh, okay, because I, I haven't, even, I haven't even been up there for that. It's, um, oh, you haven't even done uh, Rise uh, yet. No. Oh man, trust me. Like... I I want to know when you do rise. I want to know if you have the same opinion after you get off a rise, or if your mind is so thoroughly blown because you don't understand how that ride works that you're like, <laughs> okay, maybe the ride mechanics have a little bit to do with this. Uh, but I will agree. The, the, what this does set up though is a test of your very theory, because now we will be able to go to rise we'll also be able to go to uh mickey mini and we'll be able to mm. see okay to what extent this, is theme yeah. matter to what extent does the fact that i need to know about this property mm. what how does that matter because i'll tell you what like pandora i don't care about that franchise whatsoever i don't even remember the film to be honest with you no it's terrible but i i have to say Sorry, that ride, <laughs> the theming on that ride, it is incredible. And 
I don't have to know much about anything about it to, to appreciate it. But I think that there are some things, um, like I've heard some people say, I don't like star tours. And I'm like, you are out of your mind. Um, I know I've heard some people say that and it's because they don't really like star Wars. Maybe I went on star tours when I was 10. Yeah. And I have not forgotten Star Tours. That's the yeah. only time I ever went on it. And oh. I, it's in my head forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that. I mean, I that was I've been the on best. almost every iteration of that ride on both coasts. Yeah. And, uh, like, I care about the iteration. Like, uh, I love it so much that it matters to me. It matters to me, for instance, that now the the pre-show is voiced by Alice and Janney as a robot. And I just love that. I just love it. I just, I love the pre-show I'm, I'm in, she's playing a robot. It's great. She's just giving you instructions on how to strap into the ride and it's Alice and Janney. And I'm like, Oh my God. It's not, that's almost as good as the fact that at the spaceship earth ride mm. has been replaced by Judy Dench. And so the whole time in spaceship, Earth, you're like, Jenny, Oh, hello. How you doing? And well, giving the instructions. is Felicia Rashad. I'm cool with that. <laughs> in fact, Mission Mission Mars is our Mission Space is uh, Gina Torres. Oh, please, <laughs> please! Like everybody that I love now has come back to do the the voice of, or you know that what's it, Eugene Levy and uh, oh whoever his wife is on um, Shit's Creek. That's the name of the show, people. I'm not cursing. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's it yeah. Is, uh, like they, they've done the newly installed voices on uh, O Canada. Love it. I mean, I'm mm. going there. For, I'm going to these rides now because of the people that were involved in the pre-show. It's terrible. Uh, but I love it. I love it. But anyway, yeah. So there's, you, this week comes Mickey Minnie. But then the other thing is uh, last week, I guess it was, maybe the week before that. I can't quite remember. Uh, they put um, Smuggler's Run, the Millennium Falcon ride. They put it on Fast Pass, and so that should make it now that you do not have to wait forever and a day on that ride. Um, not that the lines are terrible, terrible in the past, but it should shorten your wait on that line, which is pretty good. Right. But now the question is going to, it's going to be a fascinating mess. If you're at all interested in the intersection of technology and theme parks, uh, then, I love it. Uh, well, then here's your challenge come March 4th. And I don't know, and nobody knows the answer to this yet. Like currently, the only way you can get on Rise of the Resistance is to do this thing where you get up at 6.30 in the damn morning and you go to the entrance of Hollywood Studios and then you hold your all phone right. in the air and you pull it down and hopefully you've joined a queue at exactly seven o'clock. You got to be inside the park. You push a button on your phone. Hopefully you're in the virtual queue and then you go to see the ride, right? But that you're, sounds you're, that sounds like a like an urban myth. myth. What? Oh, it sounds like an urban myth, but let me tell you, it's exceeding. <laughs> um, it, it's so real. I want to go on it now, man. Oh no, I know it's great, but it's it's so real that like I literally the place that I stayed was determined by proximity to the front gate of Hollywood. I'm just telling you. <laughs> um, and, and not only that, but that didn't even work. So I actually paid so much money to do like minivans to get hmm. there at the right time. Because if you don't get there, you're not getting on the ride. You're just not. I mean, literally it sells out at 7.01 AM. Crazy. Um, just just, just one second. 
Yeah. Dean, Dean, if you're listening to this, I hope you know all this information because I didn't know this information. Dean is coming over here and is going to Disney and has his stuff booked. And he's actually got, um, I don't even know what it's called. You will know what it's called. The Star Wars money. It's the, it's. it's oh, yeah. Like, credits. The, the credit. Yeah. He's got a, an actual, and it looks like it's real, but it's also a card. It's, I was like, man, that's an awesome kit. So oh, yeah. I'm hoping he knows all this. But if you don't know this, then prepare. Because I was like, I'll go with him and go on the ride with him. And I'm like, apparently, I'm not going to go on with him. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just, I'm interested, yes, but it's seven in the morning. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I've done, I've done more insane things at seven o'clock in the morning, but yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a tough road to hoe. Um, and, and, but the thing is, is like after making, nobody knows. So right now, Rise of the Resistance is the only ride in the entire Walt Disney World resort system. So all four parks that you can't get onto with the My Disney Experience app. Like you can't fast pass it. I mean, there are other things that you can't fast pass, but they're so minor that you don't need a, a fast pass. Of all the rides right. that you actually would, you know, have a weight. Um, Rise is the only one that you can't do. You have to do this seven o'clock nonsense, right? But come March 4th, next week, mm. we think that, we don't know how they're going to treat the Mickey and Minnie thing. And if if that also becomes a um, you got to be there at seven o'clock thing, and you have a virtual queue, then guess what? You're only going to get to choose one. They're not going to give you both on a single day. No. So that's going to suck to have to make that choice. That's going to suck. I know a bit of a problem yeah. with this. Presumably the ride only lasts about ten minutes. No, 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 so, no, 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 no. Rise, no. No, rise. They're not rides, really David. Yeah, experiences, yeah. Dave. No, experiences. No, really, that is that is not even marketing bullshit right there. I swear to you. It's not. Star Wars: you... Rise of the Resistance is the most incredible experience I've ever been on at any theme park, and it's more than ten minutes. It does things that I can't explain, whereas I can explain almost any kind of Disney magic that there is. I cannot tell you how this ride does what it does. Not all of it. Now, Some of it. If, if I remember, I've, I've watched the video once because I didn't want oh, I, yeah, I wanted yeah. to see what it was so I'd make sure yeah. there weren't any coaster elements because my body just can't handle it. Mm. Or maybe my thin body can now. I don't know. Um, uh, but um, there is, you go and you get on a thing and you do shaky, shaky, do stare. Then you get up and you're on another planet. Exactly. And then you go into something else and then you yep. come out the other side and you're like, how am I going to all of these how? places and doing how? all of these things? And exactly. I'm still in Disney. So it's not yeah, a yeah. ride. It's, exactly. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so exciting if you love theme parks because it's not. And this is what I'm talking about. The mechanics being important. Mm. It, it's a magic trick. It's a magic trick like on the order of how Haunted Mansion must have been to people the first time it opened, because it right. literally employs, as we know now, it employs very old school magic tricks yeah. to make the ghosts it's appear. Sleight of stuff. hand. 
Right, right. It's sleight of hand. And that's what this does, but it's totally different sleight of hand and we don't know how it works. And and the thing I think you'll particularly appreciate, Ian, is that it mm. is a very well acted attraction. Like Yeah, I, just, I was impressed with the video I saw. I'm like, oh if this is the way it's gonna be for oh. everybody, hot damn. Yeah, yeah. you're just mm. like, Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What well, happens it's, to the rest of the day? I mean, if you oh, oh. get who cares? who cares who cares like, seriously, who cares that is the oh, deal man. i'm just gonna sit down and think about what just happened well i tell yeah, you what happens to the rest of it i mean you go I'm over to Otis Cantina or wherever. go on it later yeah. that's what i mean today oh yeah you can't do it twice in a day that's no. No, no, no. Yeah, i don't know I if mean, you want to what happens to oh, me you go around the rest of the park it's i mean Mm -hmm. Later on in the day, is there another like boat at ten o'clock or twelve o'clock? No, no, no. You got to be there at seven o'clock to get your ticket or to punch your ticket. Well, not literally punch your ticket, but got to be there to get in the virtual queue. If you don't get in the virtual queue, you're screwed. But your ticket that you get, if you get one, maybe for a later time in the day. Well, okay. is it a is it a near field technology or something? Yes, it is. It's a near field technology. So basically, the deal is you have to you have to you get there at a minimum, I think, six thirty. They don't let you in yet, right? They let you get they let you go through um, security check point at the very beginning, mm -hmm. but that's not enough. You have to actually scan your magic band or your car, your your actual physical ticket, one of the two. Mm -hmm. um, and as soon as you do that, you are then eligible to look in your phone and try to join a queue, but it has to be seven o'clock. Seven o'clock wow. is when it opens. So you got to be past the point of the, you got to have scanned your actual magic band. Uh, if you come to the park at eight o'clock, you're out of luck. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but yeah, <laughs> like like all around the- Your park. audio dipped a little bit, so- Yeah, it did. Yeah, what happened there? You can't, but, you can't uh, duck under the turnstiles. Oh, that's right. They can't. Uh, but like all around the park at, at about 7.15, I want to say, they bring out these placards that say, if you're trying to go to, essentially this, I think the language is different. If you're trying to go to Hollywood Studios to do uh, Rise of the Resistance, you're too late. We've already passed out all the tickets. Come back all in right. the it's it's very rough. It, I mean, it's very rough to like. I I can't imagine being a kid of a parent who didn't look this stuff up. Who and you got a kid who loves Star Wars, who knows the stars that got to Orlando Airport. They see the Rise of the Resistance stuff on the little monorails at Orlando Airport. They think, oh my God, I'm going to see Rise of the Resistance. They get to the park, and then all of a sudden, nope, you can't do it. I bet they would hate their parents for not knowing that bit of information. Then, then that's this is this is the problem though that we're we're headed towards is is what what then becomes the the future for this ride is this always going to be how we're going to manage these I don't kind know. of rides i don't know i mean are we going to do then multiple versions of this ride so that you can sort because it really becomes if you if you want it enough which isn't really a uh a, an easy thing to sell to people because i'm like i don't know if i really want that enough i'd love to be on the ride but i'm not really sure i'm that committed and then so it doesn't become a matter of whether i want to go on the ride or not whether it's worth it you know so yeah 
it, it's I mean, not that I'm saying that it's not. It, it, it then becomes rather than it just being a thing you can go on. And if you don't, if you run out of time in the day, then that's time management. We well for multiple choices for everything, you know. So if you want to go on slow rides, fast rides, we've got everything. And so it's up to you how you manage your day. But to be able to to, to say you have to be here and you have to meet these criteria, and in order to, it's like the golden ticket for Willy Wonka. So you don't it get is. in. Yeah. Well, but here, but here's the I great mean, thing about it. It's it. cool, but I, I'm just like, is this where we're headed? Where we're gonna start creating I, boutique I, rides? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Like as a general rule, when they put up new rides, I don't, like, I don't think, I don't expect Ratatouille to be like this. I don't. Uh, certainly, Slinky Dog Dash is not like this. It never was like this. Um, I, but, but here's the other, the upside of this is that in some ways it's better than a fast pass. If you can get yourself up and you can just get right. there at seven and you get you punch your ticket and then it tells you, okay, you're in group number 82, let's say. Uh, you can just go back to your hotel and sleep. You know, because you're not going to be called. Right. Um, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. And then, and, then, and then you've still got a two hour window. Right? right. So it's not very exact. And then the fact that they've added in you know, these, the Skyliner means that on most hotels that you're at, even the value ones like Pop Century and whatever, you can be back to Hollywood Studios with great ease in five minutes. And so, you know, it's, it's merely the act of that first thing of just knowing you got to be there at seven. And then after that, you know, you can go on about your day and you only have to do it once in your home. You're not going to be there just for one day. You know, the most. If I was a really, really, if I was a really awful friend, I would call my friend Diane and say, "You have to get me into that ride." But I wouldn't do that to her, and she probably can't but anyway. You can't. No, no, <laughs> she's, no. Because... She's a she's a stage manager at at, at Hollywood Studios. She couldn't do it. Um, she couldn't. On Beauty and Beast. I know. I know. I'm like yeah. they're like. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. And, and but I wouldn't thing, do it anyway because. And the other thing is, like, you can't even like say you're a family four or whatever, and. Mm. Uh, you think, well, I'm going to be the heroic father here, and I'm just going to take everybody's phone that has all their tickets on it, and I'm going to go into um, Hollywood Studios and get it for them? Doesn't work. Mm. You, you, the person has right. to be present. It's crazy how, how well, well that, this thing that, that actually makes sense. And mm. makes sense of, helps to make more sense of the system because if mm. everybody is present again it says it's it's a competition mm. but at least the rules in that regard are fair rather than somebody showing up with you know 10 people's things and going boom 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 boom, boom you know while they're yeah. sitting at home having a cup of coffee and yeah. you go hey yeah get yourselves here by three o'clock and we're fine everybody yeah. has to commit to the thing and be there so at least you know at least to try to make the system a little fairer i guess even if and, you and your other competition here the other com uh, conversation that you get for getting up that early is that fast passes in the seven o'clock hour for the other really good rides like rock and roller coaster and uh, uh hollywood tower of terror are super easy to mm. get so you've made it there right. and you're then going to also get to do some pretty difficult to get onto rides right off the bat and then you go back to your hotel right. you lounge around the pool you know whatever and you're fine and you come back at noon and there you go Right. Well, no, can, 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 
I was just going to say, in order to draw a line under this, I'm going to have to talk to Dean and ask him what his plans are. Because it's like, if I'm going to go, that's when I'm going to go when Dean's here for his birthday and he, I know he's going there. Mm -hmm. um, so I might, and that's the only way I'm going to convince Megan. But he's coming all the way from Wolverhampton. Uh, oh, yeah. I have to, and it's his birthday. I have yeah, to go. Yeah. And Darth <laughs> told me I had to. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. So, yes. Uh, I, I would just say next well, time Darth is over, he is going to take me. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, believe me, next time I come, I am you know going to stay at Beach Club or whatever somewhere that you just have a boat to go across to Hollywood. Mm. You can come, you can stay. Boom, we'll just go. It won't be that. Yep. It's it's less of a deal if you're on property in the right places on property than if you're well, actually drive in or wherever. <laughs> My my uh, my family currently has access to uh, Wyndham uh, oh. Bonnet Creek. <laughs> it's a little bit of a hike, but we're still on property, so you don't have to get off of four or on four. We're oh yeah, yeah, you don't have to on the road. And, and the good thing about Wyndham, it is took us about Wyndham five minutes to drive to Epcot. No, yeah, to yeah. well, the main no, the Disneyland, Disney World. Sorry. Yeah, but the good thing about Wyndham properties is, hmm. well, I, I know about Wyndham Garden. Where's Wyndham Bonnet at? Is that in Disney Springs? No. Uh, it's the it's the back end of Disney, like just when you're driving into like Orlando and it, uh, yeah, yeah, it's over it's, by Wide World of Sports. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. Fine. That's Some great, the because then that means that that is still a Wyndham that you can get a minivan to. And even though minivans yeah. are a little bit more expensive, minivans take you right to the beginning of the right to the start of the park. Uh, right. So that that makes it possible to do. The thing you need to yeah. do to get them to rise. So that's good. Anyway, yeah, I was in capture the uh, well derailed the conversation. Uh, so yes, that's, that's all right. It's oh, a lot of fun. Uh, that's what we're here for is is fun conversation. That was really cool because uh, yeah. uh, I don't know if I've ever heard you quite so um, enthusiastic about something. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying it is a it's quite lovely. Uh, quite lovely hearing you talk about Disney with such passion. Maybe we should do a Disney show. Maybe. Yeah. And I will say, I mean, by the way, just to bring it back to Doctor Who, if you would like to get some Doctor Who <laughs> items sent back to your hotel room at Disney World, you can still do it by visiting the uh, England Pavilion at Epcot, where they sell lots of Doctor Who material and Monty Python yes. and Beatles material. Um, <laughs> and they have the best. And their fish and chips are pretty good. The fish and chips uh, are great. You can get the fish and chips, and then you can walk uh -huh. over to the back side of the English Pavilion, and they have the greatest music there all the time. Mm -hmm. ah. And they got great little gift shops in there. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, you yeah, can go around great. the world at Epcot. It's just really it's, neat. It's we, pretty great. Yeah, yeah. I would say this must be a generational thing because I mean, uh, when I think about that queuing up, it sounds horrendous. But uh, here in the UK, like when Glastonbury tickets go up, you know, people are literally banging the connect button, and all the tickets sell out within about twenty oh, yeah. minutes. And oh yeah, no. yeah, It's it's horrible unless you plan ahead. But the thing is, like Disney lets you. If you have a, a resort reservation, they let you do fast passes, whatever it is, 60 days out, but then you can do your dinner reservations 180 days out. So if you take some time beforehand to plan it, it's really not bad. And then if you just say, 
I'm going to spend a little bit money, more money. I'm going to spend like a hundred dollars or whatever it is to Disney at night after the parks is closed, like this after hours stuff that Disney does now. It's mm. the best thing ever. It is the extra most hours. Real, yeah, but it's hours when you have to purchase this additional hundred dollar ticket or whatever. But you mm. can purchase a hundred dollar ticket, and it's good from seven o'clock at night, so you can stretch it into a five hour thing. And if you got five hours where you don't have any lines, like literally don't have lines, then guess what? You're going to be able to ride everything in the world. Seriously. Mm. Like I remember I did, I did it twice when I was down there, like in magic kingdom twice, which is kind of dumb right. if you think about it, but I didn't care. Um, Cause like the hardest get in magic kingdom is snow white um, mind train. Don't know why right. exactly because that's a really old property but it's an awesome ride and a, it at, in the daytime forget about it that's three hours out of your life you're waiting in line right. after hours right. when everybody has gone home this is actually not magic hours this is something separate even from magic hours right this is mm. you purchase a ticket to attend an event um and i literally was able to stay on the ride as it went through again and again and again. <laughs> and the people and the people running the ride just said, there's no point in getting out. Just stay. Just stay. Just stay. Like, on Snow out. White. Okay. I understand you <laughs> on Snow White, the premier attraction in this particular park, and do it over and over again. <laughs> and you know what? Expedition Everest, they do it in Animal Kingdom too. Expedition Everest, which is my favorite. Of all okay um, here's the deal so when when, when you come mm -hmm. over on march 4th right that's when you're yeah, coming, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah yeah um so um you're gonna go on and do some coasters i can yeah. hold your stuff oh i see yeah okay i don't really do coasters but i'll hold I your don't. stuff oh well. <laughs> no oh, it's too I, I i love them and i love watching about them and like yeah. all the mechanics and everything but my body just can't handle it it just oh, well. says nope yeah yeah it's awful but yeah it's, i mean but yeah just speaking to today's point there is a way at, at least walt disney world not yet disneyland but walt disney world mm. where you can in on a park by park basis you know of the four parks mm. uh excluding hollywood for the moment actually where mm. you can um you know be there when there's nobody else there it's right. really eerie. It's kind of spooky. And in fact, some of them are themed. They got this new thing now, Disney villains at night or something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you get to see all these characters that normally are not around because they're all on the evil side of the street. Right. So when it gets dark, out, the evil ones come out. And, and they relight the park so that it's spooky and all this stuff. Cool. It's kind of great. It's kind of great. But, I mean... If you're a person that per, that goes to Disney World and you don't have an annual pass and you purchase your tickets on a day-by-day -day basis, then you should mm. definitely not purchase a daytime ticket, which is still going to cost you 137 I think, without any kind yeah, of discount something or something like that. And instead, purchase a nighttime after-hours ticket, get there at 7 o'clock, go do everything. I, lit, I wrote Pirates alone alone wow. i was in a boat they had stopped running the boats it was so dead and i got into the thing and they're like uh we're just gonna push the button because there ain't nobody else here i'm like okay 
Because like um, it was, it was probably a good let's see twenty twenty years ago we were in um, mm -hmm. uh, Disney World, no Disneyland, and um, and it was the same thing. It was nighttime, and the store. I mean, it was going to close soon, but yeah, we went up to parts of the Caribbean, jumped in a boat, and off we went. That was it. <laughs> yeah, there was no line. There was no queue. There was no miles of strollers. There was just whoop. In the boat nice. <laughs> nice yeah yep. it's so sweet when that happens it's really it's really mm -hmm. quite quite thrilling whereas disney world is such a thing they've uh, i think you're quite right that disney world can be a thing where you're trying to negotiate all these cues and it's hot and it's like mm -hmm. and you, you start seeing like the characters and you're starting to wonder you know you sort of see all that stuff that people ridicule disney world for and it becomes right. a thing where you're it's not magical at all yeah whereas if you play it right you plan ahead you you actually go out to the resorts when it's middle of the day um, yeah and stuff like that where if you if you take advantage of the entire system then it's like oh my god this is the most magical place on earth i can't believe yeah. how cool this place is but it's so weird how it can turn on a dime and be completely the opposite of that fascinating right. Right. Well, um, the last thing I'll say on that is that um, I bet for a lot of Americans, they've never done what I've done, which I've only been to America twice. And I've been to Disneyland once uh, on one of those holidays and Disney World the other because I went to both. Uh, and I bet there's a lot of Americans who have never seen both coasts. No, that's America. true. That's very true. Uh, yeah. And the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. But my favourite was Las Vegas. But um, um, oh, yeah. we are coming up to an hour, guys. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> and thank oh, you. The episode was all right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> say, say good night, Gracie. <laughs> good night, Gracie. <laughs> okay. Um, do we say that we're officially now starting our review of the yes. Doctor Who? Right. Okay. Well, it, it's only official. It's only official after you say spoilers, and I play this clip. So you say spoilers, and I play. The Cybermen were defeated. The victors of a billion battles broken. An empire of might and terror fallen. Their weaknesses exploited. Their armies outfought. Their conquests surrendered. Every empire at its time. And every empire falls. But that which is dead can live again. In the hands of a believer. Yeah, no champagne bottles floating through space, but lots of uh, bits of uh, Cybermen on the very start of uh, this episode, which, of course, we're now Yummy. officially in. We're officially into this um, finale two-parter, Ascension uh, of the Cybermen, right. but I, I think it's really a three-parter from from what we talked about um, last week with the uh, haunting of Villa Diodati. Woohoo! I've been practicing. Um, 
so yeah, a cold opening, very nice. I think it closes through going to the Cyberman's Eye or whatever it is, uh, and then into the theme. Um, uh, so that was a, a great opening, and um, again, it had that, uh, as I mentioned, with the, the champagne bottle, a bit of a Star Trek type opening, I thought. Um, I, I really enjoyed this, uh, just as an overall thought on the, uh, the storyline. I mean, there was only one thing I didn't like, which was the same as with the, um, the next Doctor. I didn't like the Cyber Shades. Well, with this one, I didn't like the um, Cyber Drones, although it makes sense, I suppose, to use the heads um, uh, a little bit like the um, Tog, Tog, the Toggers, the Tog, Togglefane. From um, another story. Yeah, like those. Uh, I mean, I suppose it makes sense to have them fly, but um, it did take me out of the moment of the story. But uh, more to the point, I did like the the fact that we then switched to this historic, what was presumably some sort of. Uh, well, it wasn't. They weren't using Welsh accents, I don't think. Uh, but this bubolic, uh, bubolic, um, but countryside, uh, we find. Um, a young baby on the street, this couple that are obviously uh, desperately uh, unable to have a child, so took every opportunity to um, uh, adopt this child. And uh, that plays out, and that's interspersed with the main story. And it's only, I'm jumping here a lot, I know, um, it's only towards the end of that where we notice that some of the characters uh, in this um, let's call it a fictitious uh, historic uh, place, don't seem to age, but the main character does. And the main character, of course, is Brendan. Um, and also he has this, this fall off a cliff, appears uh, one that would have- I That's mean, the it, original it, idea from Chris Jibnall. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's been shot, he's seen him later examining the hole in his clothes, but he's, there's no mark on him. Um, the thing that amazed me about that was that the policeman that discovers him at the bottom seems shocked. Yet later on, we re it reveals that um, uh, after this policeman retires, because we, we see stages of his life, a whole 50 years pass in this uh, um, uh, Brendan's, uh, um, yeah, is it Brendan? Yeah, his uh, lifetime. And then they take him into this back thing where, this is what you were doing to me, putting the headphones on and uh, uh, shocking him. And of course, we saw them bring in the travel clock as well. And I've just put those links together on that particular section of the story. So, mm. Ian, oh, come yeah. on. Yeah, uh, so you want me to just talk about that or just anything? Oh, anything. No, I mean, I think this is um, just... it's two stories in one, isn't it? Yeah, I, I find it very, very difficult to, to, to just even like the story, not because of the things in it. I think the Cybermen redesign is fantastic. It's the closest I think they've got to uh, an aesthetic that I like. Um, and I say that like, I don't think it's, you know, perfect, imperfect, whatever. It's just, I, I find it aesthetically pleasing. It, it reminds me a bit of the 80s Cybermen were all still, you know, and that's those were my Cybermen, so uh, that's a thing I like. Um, but the rest of it, I'm just kind of baffled by. I'm like, what? What am I watching? Where is this going? And 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 then the end just leaves you like going, huh? 
And I just uh, found it unenjoyable as far as yeah, just being left like that. I, I I just felt like I watched a whole hour of of nothing really and then just got left hanging and just said, We'll come back next week and we'll and we'll really shock you. It's like, oh, well, I was kind of looking for something here and I just got started just jumping out of a hole. Going, hey. Oh, I don't know. I think a lot of pieces moved on the chessboard. And um, we've got Mike in, who's um, hopefully still there on audio and has made the effort to come in. Mike, your thoughts? No, Hello? I, think he's, I think he's out. I think he's actually there. Oh, yeah, he's grayed out, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, Darth. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to say up front, I, I liked it, as I say, other than the, that that one element of it. Uh, and I've got a lot more to say. So, uh, But Darth? I think I'm going to be completely opposite of Ian this time. And say I really liked it. Mm. I, I never was bored during it. Um, I was kind of trying to figure out what was going on. I, I still don't really like the Cybermen, but I mean, at least I was... I thought it adequately built tension such that I did care about what was happening to our regulars and even our guest stars. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, so that's a successful episode, I think. Um, I, sure, there are things about it. I think like you, Dave, I, the, the drone thing kind of took me out of it. I would have thought it much more effective to actually just let us have some Cybermat that were running around the ground like a sea of Cybermats. That would, would have been, been way better than those drones. Uh, yeah, that was just weird. But like you say, it's logical and at the same time unsatisfying. Mm. You know, and it and the weird thing is it's very logical. Like you think back to like handles, handles clearly mm. was able to survive without the body, was able to mm. be useful without the body. And so you're like, well, I, I get it. It's just there's I think it's just the visual. Yeah, it's right? the aesthetic of the whole thing is just like, oh, it's a kid's toy. Because guess yeah. what? They're gonna they're gonna make them that you can fly around. Right. And but yet even within the the story itself, like you don't know anything else about Simon, you just have this one episode. It still makes sense because we see the flying, you know, head of the Cyberman at the very beginning right. leading us into the titles, and you're like, Well, that must be significant. And then it comes back. I think it was just floating in space. I mean, you know, it, it, that's <laughs> almost like foreshadowing for what's going to happen. So yes, it's like it did. totally makes sense, but it just doesn't. It's not satisfying. It's very odd. Yeah. But no, um, no. I, I think it's an awful lot. I mean, again, the, the, just getting the clips ready in this for this, uh, an awful lot. Mm -hmm. more. I mean, for instance, um, again, we're, we're on spoilers here. So, I mean, it never occurred to me with, with this this uh, historic development of this person but you've got to assume now when we jump to the end that it was the master that left this baby in this village if indeed this village was a real place uh, or whether it was all um, um a figment of an imagination sort of burned in memories and um i want to say something but it might be a spoiler for a different series but i'll mention the series and you perhaps make your own connection about it uh, uh, 
the connection is with Picard. Um, but anyway, this this um, this life that this 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 person and we, we we know of course that this young boy growing up is the one that's the the damaged and partially uh built cyberman um i don't know if we know that i don't know if we know that either do you know it could oh, be, well, it could I, be I the father i don't know i mean i guess we would know if we actually paid attention to the credits maybe the credits well, the only time i haven't the only doubt I had that it wasn't uh, the Cyberman in the main story was the fact that they, as I mentioned, they bring this clock into that room, and I'm wondering it, it couldn't be the master under um, under a, a clock, you know, under the um, what's we call it? Uh, you know, he's been living a false life. Oh, I see. I see what you're getting at. It's uh, the um... yeah, a cyber art, an archy thing. Yeah, an arch. Yeah. So what? So Gallifreyans were dumping babies on Earth, and then retreating no, no, no. I, I, I'm wondering because when when we watched the other episode, when we uh, early on in the series, where we had these mysterious figures, and we said they look like the Cybermen from the, the story, Chameleon books. Arch. Yeah, Chameleon Arch. Uh, I'm wondering whether you know we we, we had some doubt of who was controlling who whether the masters were controlling this race are they controlling him and they took him away at the end of that episode i was wondering whether they were inculcating the master in some way to believe himself to be sort of a a, a cyberman i'll go through the rigors but of course that that doesn't that clashes with the ending where we have uh, the master but of course the master comes from gallifrey he comes through his portal from gallifrey and it's he that's already told the doctor um earlier on that gallifrey has fallen somehow the doctor is able to visit gallifrey when the companions said where is that where you go and you're not with us you go off to gallifrey but yet I thought Gallifrey was still semi-closed off, semi-distance um, from the rest of the universe. And indeed, in this episode, they can they talk about this portal. And that, by the way, reminded me of Logan's run. Um, this old chap that's on this planet, um, what's he called? Um, I think it's the name of a planet, but it's actually his name, uh, Chamus. I was thinking of him as the the old uh, the old man in the Logan's Run, you know, the one that's living in uh, in uh, in Washington D.C. Mm. Um, the, the the old actor. Um, so uh, yes. let play yeah. another clip because I think I think we need a few reminders of uh, what took place. There's a lot going on. Number two. Yeah. You see, I just found it in the lane. I did. Like that. Like that. No note. We'll look after him. Until you find the parents. That's right.
It's official. He's ours. So that's based in Ireland, but he's the um, doctor. He's a redhead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, um, that clip was breaking up somewhat for me. So um, let me just play the the next clip and just see how that comes for you, and then we'll talk. Half a mile out. The exact coordinates Shelley gave us. Are just down there. You want us to lug all the stuff down there? What's wrong, Graham? Can't take the commando lifestyle. Well, hey. What? No commander drugs, please. I don't need that image in my head. Any ideas what we're walking into? This planet, this time period, we're in the very far future, immediate aftermath of the cyber wars. Cybermen have hunted down and wiped out the majority of the human race. Sorry, it was never a good time to break that news to you. If it's any consolation, it almost wiped out the Cybermen too. Yeah, but almost isn't good enough, is it? No. I'm getting a handful of human life signs down there. Can you see a handful? What are you talking? Seven. Seven humans left? If I had to guess, I'd say that's the last remaining human settlement this side of the universe right now. How are the repairs? Piece of cake. Grab raft's completely fixed, completely fine, we're good to go. Really? No. But you always look at me with those puppy dog eyes and say, please tell me it's good news. How long will it take? A day, maybe more. I promise I'm doing everything I can. I know you are. But those last signal bursts indicated that we don't have It's too soon. You said there weren't any more. You said they wouldn't find us. They always find us. I said I hoped there weren't any left. You said it was too good to be true. Hell, sometimes I just want to be wrong. Question. Would you like some help? Uh, by the way, that actress, Julie Graham, here, that was trying to wrap my brains when I first watched it to where I knew it from. Yeah. But of course, the Bletchley Circle. She was one of the the main right. cast of. She's been in actually a lot. She was also in. Uh, wasn't she in the uh, rebooted Survivors? Yes, I think she was. She's been in lots. Been uh, oh yeah, she's. I think I've got a link to the wiki page. But um, there again, one of the other things that I was thinking when, uh, you know, with the relationship to Gallifrey and this, and Gallifrey being destroyed and then Gallifrey being out of the universe for a certain part, are we led to assume that this, uh, the, the rise of the Cybermen that has taken place before this future event that we see the Doctor arrive at, do we assume that they've been able to do that simply because Gallifrey itself has been locked away and the Daleks have been locked away? Because we've always had in Doctor Who that, you know, you know, one Dalek is worth a thousand Cybermen type uh, thing from the like the episode Dalek. So are we assuming that their, 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 their rise was during the time when the, uh, when the Daleks were were taken out of the universe because of course we've had stories haven't we where like from the pandorica where the arriving uh, you know no it wasn't that it was certainly one of the companions didn't know what the Dalek was because they'd been taken out of out of consciousness hadn't they am i 
getting mixed up there, but I think that's something that believe. And I'm wondering whether the the period that has gone beyond and this vast war that's gone on. And by the way, uh, another link to a program, but you'll know which one I'm meaning again, was that this that debris feel of um, you know um, cyber bodies in space. I mean that links again to another science fiction to me. But there you go. Um, is anything I'm saying making sense in terms of um, why the Cybermen were able to have this? And of course, why would they? Did they actually mean literally that that they'd wiped out the human race, or did they mean all the humans have been converted into to Cybermen? Because if that is the case, this last surviving group of seven, one would thought the Cybermen wouldn't want to kill them because that's the last few that they can make into Daleks. Because the doctor, when she's telling them to run, and she says, I've been too stupid, I've, I've risked your lives too much. She says, if you get caught, you'll be made into Cybermen. And of course she is, the assumption is that she as the doctor wouldn't be. So when they've run out of humans, they've basically run out of subjects, haven't they? Am I talking to an empty room or am I making sense? I mean, you're, you, the point of the narrative is that both races are down to their last survivors. At this point, that's because, they're, yes, they're only on, yes, there's been a big war. Yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, and that, that really, this, the talking Cybermen, until they find this ship in this episode is more or less the lone Cyberman. We don't really know that the two people, two cyber creations flanking him are genuinely Cybermen. They might just be cyber robots. There might not be anything inside. Right. Uh, well, the, the narrative, the narrative would sort of indicate, I mean, one of two things, either he's the lone Cyberman because he was the only one in the previous episode or that he really is the last and therefore lone Cyberman. Right. Um, they only had two ships, didn't they? They had two ships that came. Uh, so you're assuming that that's the, uh, basically all that's left. I mean, that, that certainly would work. Um, until, of course, when when they, they, in actual fact, this group that leave the planet, the doctor tells them to run, and they've got this, this, small captured mm -hmm. spaceship that they take off with that then she's pushing it too far to get to this boundary um uh, and then as we say yaz looks outside and sees that they're in this debris field because things keep banging on the outside of the wall and of course in space we know you can't hear anything unless it actually impacts onto the actual uh, structure itself they see this they make um, a desperate attempt using the air to get in through the um, the the hatch which the automatic systems kick in and and drag them in I'm assuming that they didn't hit it exactly on but they sort of trapped to beamed in at that point and and the very fact that the cyber this cyber leader has followed them there he gets the bonus of then finding an intact ship where presumably uh, the what 10,000 Cybermen um, that never got deployed um, intact. 
I couldn't understand what they were doing. They seemed to be uh, the first couple that came out, although they didn't do it with all the others, it seemed. They, they hadn't got time to do it with all the others. They seemed to be drilling into them for some reason. Uh, uh, and I'm not sure whether that was too... To um, maybe they were drilling out the emotional damper on them. Maybe he wanted the other Cybermen to be like him, to have emotions. I mean, do we know? Um, well, we don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, Ian's just uh, stepped away a moment. Uh, by the way, Darth. Um, the the other thing is that when when the Cybermen attack on the Earth, and the Doctor's brought these. These these various things. Um, the, the, she, she's she's uh, surprised that they don't work. Again, that links back to the fact that the master presumably um, have has has told them of time lord technology and the likelihood of what she would try to do to to stop them. But that is a little bit confused. I'm just going to play another clip, if I may, and we'll see if Ian's been able to return back to us. The systems didn't stop them, Doc. I know. They destroyed everything we brought with us. I know. We haven't got anything else to defend ourselves or them. I know! Listen to me. Do not argue. Go with the humans. Help them get them out of here. You won't make it back to the TARDIS alive. Make sure you're with them. What about you? I'll hold them off. How are you going to do that? This isn't a discussion. We're not just going to leave you. Yes, you are. You have to. All of you. No questions. Get out. I've been so reckless with you. What are you talking about? You're human. If they capture you, they'll convert you. I'll find you. Get safe now! Oh, I still love the music, by the way. Uh, love that. Let's just um, catch... Ian, are you okay to talk or not? Yeah, for the moment. <clears throat> do, do you want to speak now? Uh, I don't really have an awful lot to add. It's, it's, I'm, I found this whole episode weird, and I, I'm hoping that tonight will be... Uh, you know, will complete the whole thing for me and it'll all make sense and it'll all be enjoyable. But I know I'm just left wanting at the end and I didn't really like it. I was like, eh. But I, I did like the Cybermen and I, yeah, um, the whole other person thing. I mean, I guess the bit that's unenjoyable about it for me is that I no longer go around to forums and stuff and speculate with people um so i guess that would be really fun to kind of well who's brendan who are you know why didn't his what didn't his dad age what what's going on here um you know to, to join in that discussion that'd be really cool but at the moment i'm just like i just want answers so you know what do you something against the story right? oh and, and uh, sorry i just laughed out loud when when chibnall did the throwing a body off the cliff again no what the hell oh. what well, yeah. i mean that's an it's like chimels right there is there, it's interesting yes there is the broad the clear branches reference but then there's the whole the fact that the village the whole setup of the village feels like born and bred which right. was sort of his original 
I think, attempted running show. I think it's his original show running. He certainly created that show. What's he doing? <laughs> he's either going insane or he's flicking everybody off and going. Ah. You could easily be forgiven in this particular episode of not knowing what show you're watching. Yeah. All right. I kind of like that, but at the same time, it's kind of weird. Yeah. That's what I'm well, hoping at one the other end of that, I'll be like really fulfilled, hopefully, you know. Well, one real gaff though, when they talked about this is Earth in the far future, there's one electricity pilot in the distance. I think it, no, I think they were, I don't hmm. think they were carrying electric power on cables. Uh, uh, you know, something that was built, you know, thousands of years ago, still carrying electric uh, cables. But of course, they, it probably cost too much to CGI that out of the scene. Hmm. Um, right. I mean, the rest of it looked alright. And by the way, when I saw that facade they were in this this area and there was like a long um looks like a long building with a with an archway in the middle uh, mm. it threw me right back to an episode with the brigadier on where he's shouting get off, off my world and there's 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 like a, a building that looks very much like the same facade in the front of that um mm. so i'm wondering whether they've used this this set before um uh, not set this dilapidated uh, area before yeah they had um, an old church or something or castle that they were uh, in now, the other thing is um this is speculation i don't know anything that's happening but do you feel as though uh, the setting up graham to leave here because this um this uh, female character you know the one we said from bletchley park julie who who's playing um yeah. that lead character with him she's uh she's making eyes at him a bit uh yeah i, I noticed there was a bit of a he and, and her and, and, sponsor, yeah and if you notice that that all of the times that she is in the room yeah he is actively um portraying very uh good qualities and she's seeing all this if you actually look at it when she is in the room he's telling everybody to calm down and everybody part you know everybody chip in and he's being very leader like um and you know that father figure so i think she's there you know he's gonna be like no i'm gonna i've got nothing back there i'm a bus driver you know yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna help restart humanity at this end of the i could see that yeah coming. yeah and yaz of course was doing the same as um we've had companions in the past doing when 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 they were on the ship and they were that she gave the sort of pep talk like the doctor with the the doctor rubbing off on her um right so um let me play I would be surprised uh, if, if, if two of them leave here and then yeah one of them leaves at the beginning of next one i don't know yeah yeah i i've got a feeling we're going to lose a couple of companions well not lose them but they're going to step right. away from uh, traveling with the doctor let me go yeah. to the I was chosen to revive the glory of the cyber race. There's no glory in being a cyberman, and there's definitely no glory in you. I mean, talk about an identity crisis. You despise who you are. The anger and hatred that's driving you, those are human emotions. The real cybermen, they don't do emotions. So you loathe your own being because of what's driving you. Now that's what I call an inner conflict. Yes. You are correct. Oh, am I? Didn't expect you to take it that well. I have to bill you for therapy at this rate. 
The Sartarium has given me understanding. It has distilled my purpose. I am the perfect vessel. Everything is in me for the ascension of the Cyberman and beyond. What do you mean beyond? What's beyond that? All your deaths. The death of everything is within me. Yeah, again, that's um, another thing. I mean, uh, uh, beyond the reality bomb we're going here, I mean, uh, right. obviously we've run out of humans, um, uh, so I, I don't know what they, they mean that they're going to do following on from that. Um, I've right. got, uh, if I can just bring it up in a moment, I don't think you something, but uh, I ought to read a little bit of what Ken's put here. Oh, yes, I was going to say, Ken, you did say you were going to read, read out Ken's review. Okay, well, he's put two bits, but I'll read the first bit, and then the second one might slightly alter, but um, uh, let me see. Um, I really enjoyed the episode. Nice nostalgic nods to the tomb of the Cyberman and Earthshock. Exciting, full of mystery, and at times terrifying in a way a good Cyberman episode should be. Uh, Kit Peddler and Jerry Davis would approve. Jodie improves with every episode, and I thought that she was commanding, driven, truly great. Love the reference to losing someone else to Cybermen. Of course, Bob, she means. In addition to the lone Cybermen, this is a brilliant touch, truly menacing. Returns the Cybermen back to a classic menace that they are meant to be. An unsolved mystery in the orphan Brendan's tragic transformation. Really loved his fascinating backstory. I'm a little worried about the everything you know will change promise. Surely there it will be controversy. Will it be loved or hated? I'm really enjoying this adventure in what has been a great season. Um, even though I seem to remember that the Seventh Doctor wiped out the cyber race. But that's Doctor Who contradicting and I can't wait for part two. So, uh, and he said a bit before that, but I think that's his... Um, is revised version of what he wanted to say. Right. Um, well, look, let me play clip six. We've only got two more clips. Okay. This was a troop carrier bringing soldiers to the front. Fresh Cybermen ready to fight. Warrior class. It's got to be over a thousand Cybermen in here. I counted ten doors on each level. How many levels on this ship? Several hundred. We're in the middle of staying in it. We are home. The Siberian has called me to this task, and now its vision shall be fulfilled. I love the sort of steelwork type sounds built into the music there. I thought that was really mm. good. And I think this story wouldn't have worked without having a half-built Cyberman, in a way. I mean, if we'd have just had a, a monotone, uh, emotionless leader at this point, uh, this right. story would made it any sense even if you feel it doesn't make enough sense as it is without that sort of um that halfway house that this person has <clears throat> still driven 
and we've got to assume that that um, brainwashing or whatever it was at the beginning as mm. what he says he said um, I wasn't made into a cyberman I volunteered but of course we right. don't know whether his memories are are, are are real memories or implanted ones <clears throat> the one thing I find interesting about this is and it only kind of occurred to me now I'm going back over some of the, the clips thanks for that Dave just so you know, everybody, Dave goes through the episode and combs them for this. He doesn't just go and just willy-nilly pick out, you know, these little clips. He combs these episodes for just the right clips. So, um, uh, thank you for that. I don't think I've ever thanked you for that, Dave. <laughs> That's uh, appalling. But anyway, um, no, it occurs to me that Chris Chibnall is trying to one-up Earthshock. A lot of the imagery in here and a lot of things that have actually been going on in this season have direct references to Earthshock. And I'm just like, what is he doing? I mean, all of those Cybermen lined up coming out of those bays. I mean, come on. And we had uh, references to gold stars in an earlier episode. Um, and uh, saving um, somebody off a ship that's about to, to explode in mid-flight. It's a, it, this whole season's a thumbs, uh, well, no, well, an up finger to Earthshock saying, now this is what we can do. I, I'm hoping it pays off me, and I really do. I'm not being all crappy about it because I'm, I hate it. I just don't know how this all works out, and I'm just very confused, that's all. It's just... It's it, it seems to me like a really good Cyberman story, but there's also a Gallifrey story in here, and there's also this guy getting electrocuted at the end of the episode. And then earlier we had another doctor, and what? You know, I think my brain is just overloaded because there's there's just too much going on and i don't know how to make sense of it and i'm really hoping really really hoping that in a couple of hours i will feel a lot differently about this whole episode so right and um, i'll see if john wants to say anything we have got somebody hmm. who's called in on the phone who has put the hand up to speak and um we'll, okay. we'll perhaps give them a moment soon uh darth hey how sure. are you well, let them go. I mean, people have heard me. Oh, I will say this, though. Before you go, just a really quick thing. The other side of what Ian is saying is that instead of giving us answers right now, what Chibnall is doing is giving us more questions. And that's a risky thing, but it's an exciting uh -huh. thing to me because it's now making the stakes of episode 10 be that much higher right and and it's possibly even setting up a situation which i think doctor who is needed for quite some time and that is a cliffhanger at the end of the series i i don't have any great confidence really that they can satisfactorily resolve everything that's been thrown up this season but i do have confidence that they can resolve like the Cybermen part of this deal. Right. And still have some outstanding issues so that either we come back for the uh, resolution actually at, I don't know where they're going to put the holiday special, but Christmas mm. or New Year's, 
Well, let me just come back next series. And I think you kind of need to do that, especially if what you're saying is the series is now going to be 18 months away or 19, whatever it is. Right. Um, so I, I think you can look at the, I, I think you can look at this as it's just too much information. There's no way it's going to be resolved. It, it's no. going to be terrible. Or you can look at it as it's too much information. There's no way it's going to be resolved, but that's okay because we're having to deal with these very long gaps in Doctor Who now. So you need some anchor to bring you back. Right. Or maybe we've got more specials coming that we don't know about or yeah, maybe something, but there's definitely going to be some kind of gap here. That's a little bit longer than we were expecting it to be. So you need something to hang on to. I think uh, if you, if, July, you just, if you, if you just resolve it, right. And you resolve everything, no matter right. how good that resolution is, you're losing momentum by having this big a break. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but can you do it in 70 minutes? That's the thing, you know? Can you, re yeah. Can you resolve it and then. Uh, resolve everything or just this, just element, the new elements of the story? Resolve, well, you can resolve, resolve it by bringing everything we know to an end and, uh, and make it look as though the whole Doctor Who is finished. Let's think about it. What, what do we have right now? We have Cybermen. We have the Ruth Doctor, whatever we're going to call her, Dr. Ruth. That's terrible. Um, or, um, and then you've got uh, Gallifrey and Masters. I suppose intertwined in the, is the Master. You know, you don't, everything is about to change. You don't know what you've been lied to the entire time. That might be right. also Dr. Ruth sort of stuff, but whatever. Um, yeah. I, can you resolve the Cyberman thing? I think you've got to resolve the Cyberman thing. Oh yeah. Some, that, that's dead cert. Uh, can you resolve the? Um, what did I say? What was the second thing with um, Doctor Ruth Cyberman? Dr. Ruth. Can you resolve? Can you resolve Doctor Ruth? You can, but I don't think he's going to. I think that's the thread that's going to be left open. Because right. that my might be a, We might get a two doctors um, episode for. Christmas, Holiday. New Year, yeah. yeah, Thanksgiving. Especially if all the companions go. I think there's no other choice but that the you two. have, like, for the Christmas thing, I think you've got Dr. Ruth, and then you probably, that's when you bring back Captain Jack. Yeah. Well, if, you, if you're a cynical mind, you could say, well, Jodie Whittier has got to settle for a lower contract if he's got a second Doctor in the wings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think no. I think Darth, Darth and I have nailed it. We're gonna get oh, special. Right. You know, everybody's gonna leave, and it's gonna be them three at Christmas or yeah, probably Christmas. I think they might switch back to Christmas for that. I mean, you've got uh, the King of Panto. How are you not gonna oh, do King of you know Christmas King of Panto, John, John Barrowman? Russell T. Davis did say that Dot Two, when he brought it back in 2005, should go five hmm. years, have a rest, five years, have a rest. Anyway, let's unmute our guest mm -hmm. on the phone. Yes. Um, if he wants to just introduce us, the first name will do, but we'll unmute. That's, uh, oh, uh, and just please note um, nothing about the uh, today's episode. If you have seen it already, um, please, we're only talking about last week's episode. Thank you. Caller? Hi, I, I didn't sign it all proper. Like oh, okay. oh, there he is. It's Hello kind of there. I have read your little... Oh, well done, yeah. We did read it out, but we'll 
to hear you uh, saying what you think. Uh, we're just uh, uh, towards the end of the story where we're trying to wonder how they can reconcile these different stories. Yeah, I've, I've been hearing. I've been hearing. Well, okay. first off, first off, I, I, I love this season. I think it has been amped up. Jody, I mean, I, enjoy, I enjoyed Series 11. They had good and mediocre episodes. I enjoyed Jody, but I really didn't love her as the doctor. I didn't fall for her. It, it, I was kind of in my heart going, well, I wish maybe somebody else was playing it and, you know, hemming and hawing and all this. And, you know, I enjoyed the series. I am so loving and behind her now. She, every kind of feeling of complaint I had, there's, there's command, there's this inner angst. There's still the kind of joy and exuberance that she had, but there's a purpose. And, and I, think, I think she's brilliant in what she's doing. I have really, without maybe one episode, I mean, just, just loved every episode. They, they've gotten better and better. They just, I mean, they have Nicholas Tesla and, and uh, Percy Bysshe Shelley and 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 uh, Edison and, and all of this going on. Yeah, and, and and it's it it's it's been a joy. Now, yes, it's exploding my brain. In and I don't know if you read the the little bit I did on on my thoughts. Yeah. But it's just I don't know. Maybe I'm going to hate it. You know, Adrian and I. I mean, there's so many questions. And so many things. Another doctor, you know, what, what is this? I mean, after getting Gallifrey back, we now have a destroyed Gallifrey, a, 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 a lunatic master. Uh, everything that, that the doctor knows is, is a total lie. And, and you have, well, it, I mean, there's always contradiction and change. Like, like I said, you know, um, but the uh, seventh doctor wiped out the cyber race. So, I mean, things are mutable and changeable, and, and that is the nature of Doctor Who. I don't care if every mystery is solved, but I want some concrete answers. I, I want to get more about for Brendan, who seems to, either later on, being set up by his father and, and a dear friend. What, what's going on with that? That was, so, that was fascinating and just horribly tragic. I have not enjoyed the Cybermen in years the way I have. I, it, maybe it's, it's, it's the lone Cyberman um, aspect, but uh, the actor is just doing a really tremendous, terrifying, uh, really scary job. And it, it amps up. I, I, I really had the vibe of, of classic Who going on. And just everything cascading around the pace was just frantic, and everybody was great. Um, uh, again, Chibnall's writing usually isn't this good. <laughs> you know, this is the guy that gave us Cyberwoman, you know, which was laughable. You know, uh, this, is, this has been... I mean, every aspect too of uh, the 13th Doctor has been kind of improving. I personally loved the scene where Graham goes to her, you know, terrified about 
the cancer remission, and her going, well, I could give you some some pat answer, but I really don't know what to say. I'm I'm awkward. Um, I'm just going to go over here and push a lever and think of something witty to say. I think the honesty in that was brilliant, you know, because that happens in life so many times. You have people with tragedies. You don't know exactly what to say. But but you'll go like, oh, best wishes and, you know, thoughts and prayers. You know, so sick of that term. You know, um, there, there was a really great reality to what right. it was. Uh- just to just to because we did talk about this when we had seen an episode and it actually uh sorry it there were some complaints uh lodged at the bbc over that specific scene yeah, and I, the, know. I think that where problem people have the problem is where it is the doctor that's doing it if it had have been yeah one of the <laughs> others it wouldn't it would have been you could have had i think had that discussion but they want people to have that I understand what they were trying to get across, but it, it is very difficult to take. Yeah, it, it, it is shocking. It's like I, I yeah. had the same effect, and it yeah. still gets me at the end yeah. of time when the right. doctor looks at Wilf and goes, it had to be you. It's right. always you. And there was there seems to be almost a cruelty yeah. and, and, and a self-pity in what he's saying, but it's like you don't blame him. But it's yeah. like this is a doctor giving emotions we never had. Yeah. And I mean that that scene is fantastic. People always it was like, yeah, what, why was he complaining? It's like he's not he's not complaining. He's yeah. basically telling Wolf how much he loves him. It's like how you know of all the people yeah. in the world that were going to be the thing to kill me, it had to be you. Yeah, the, exactly, just, exactly. Just the most wonderful thing in the world, and it had to be you in the box. So, yeah. How could you're, how could I find any the, way to the, fight this? The man I love, the man who would be like a father, right. you know, and a son. But anyway, sorry for the interruption. Uh, no, no, not <laughs> at all. Your... Please, please, I have not been with with the with my fam in so long. Well, no, but I let you um, let you have your have your journey through the season. Um, I just find it refreshing because I think Jody was at times almost cipherless in the first season. I mean, I'm not saying it's an insult, but I mean she was like just a kind of joyful uh, exuberance but there wasn't a lot of I don't know what I what I love in the doctor I mean I, I look at David Tennant and it, he's Hamlet you know I, I adore mm. it Matt Smith you know madman in the box but there's this also this angst and, and stuff there's like this richness she has that in spades now and mm. You know, seeing other things she did, like Attack of the Block, and 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 um, oh God, I'm blanking on it. The series, TV series. Broadchurch, 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 yeah. Yeah, Broadchurch. Yeah, Broad wonderful Church. in that. You know, yeah. so I mean, I, I knew that she has she had the oomph in her, but again, let me just finish off. So looking yeah. forward to it. I can't stand that we have to wait so long. We, I want more episodes. This has been just horrible, this long wait. Mm. And if if we're going to get a cliffhanger, I, I would like something like a, almost like a two-parter, a Christmas special that also helps to resolve. We need it. 
Right. We were talking just before you joined us on audio um, that we, we think some of the companions may leave, even more so now after this particular episode we're talking about. Uh, you know, Obviously, we're not talking about the final episode. That, that's all just finished. But um, the, one of the things we were talking about was how, um, how um, Graham in this particular one latches on to this uh, female character in the spaceship. I mean, do you, do you feel as though... They're, they're writing him out in this story a little bit? Or what? They might. I don't know. I hope Graham doesn't leave. I hope it, we don't have the illness coming back, and that be the reason. Of course, Chimnall might might do an earth shock on us. Uh, you know, I'm hoping not for that. But there, there was that reference to Bob, and, mm. you know... I mean, I, you know, Darth is better at this than I am would be of the, of the whole history thing. But I didn't know that this is up, I mean, the way the futures work. To have oh, just a handful of human beings left after Cybermen have wiped everybody out um, seems to be contradictory to the history as we've known, where there have been cyber wars and battles and the doctor and everything, but there's been a more vibrant aspect, earth colonies going to other planets, etc. From this, it's like this, the devastation has been so bad, this is like another possible future I'm, I'm viewing it as. Right. You know, well, but that, that, that makes this so much more desperate. Right. With that in mind, I've just got one final clip, so I'll play that. And then you can give us your thoughts on that. And then we'll probably wrap up after that with our thoughts. So there's just over a minute clip. Then we're outside the door. Yes, get off that ship now. We can't. We're trapped and they're about to break in. Yes. Yes. <laughs> What is that? That's impossible. I've never seen it look like that before. That's my home planet. That's Gallifrey. How is Gallifrey here? Wow! It's a good entrance, right? Be afraid, Doctor. Because everything is about to change forever. Your thoughts on that, that particular part, maybe, Ken? Well, it's, it's, it's uh, shocking and it's scary because it's almost, it's Chibnall talking. And I, it's like you're, you're putting your cards on the table. You better pay off. Mm. And I'm also scared. Please don't change it. That like, I mean, something stupid. Like there's never been a Gallifrey. Doctor's not really a Time Lord. And, and just, I mean, totally, you know, you know, ruins something. Mm. You know, the Doctor coming out of the shower and, and saying, well... You know, that was a weird dream. 
you know, I, I'm a chartered accountant. Uh, or maybe you know. they're, maybe they're and then on, do the uh, lumberjack and then do the lumberjack uh, song, you know. Or, or maybe this whole time they've been in the um in the um, no 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 what's the, the the thing from the five doctors the, the oh uh, yeah, the matrix the, uh, matrix the, no the phantom zone phantom oh zone, is that what they called it no yeah. that's superman the, no the, the what was the game called the game area it was they were all stumped there's the Matrix where where we've had the, no, the no, no, he's, no no he's talking about the because um... somebody had a photo and it looks like that the, the column thing from when they were confronting Rassilon but it's out in the open but, but yeah what the yeah, what I can't, call that thing? yeah where the the Time Lords used to put oh they they take Cybermen and Daleks and dump them into the this oh area and let them fight it out for their entertainment oh the, the what the something zone the death zone death zone that's it death zone yes as well thank you yes thank you we all got there at the same time at least <laughs> nobody says the words for work <laughs> yeah so maybe they've been in the death zone the whole time and they've kind of amped it up and now it's like so all of the experiences that they've just gone through were all a simulation. Who knows? No, that would be, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Um, but well, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I have, I have read, I mean, just not reviews, but a couple people, comments, non-spoilerish. Mm -hmm. Yes, please don't spoil uh, in, a, in a positive note. Mm -hmm. so that's nice well perhaps we wrap up there because we're, we're very much in danger of in uh you know it's all being spoiled or something happening so yes exactly um yeah. darth any final comments on thanks for coming in on audio ken darth any final yep. thoughts yeah i mean the, i hope that today's episode ends in to be continued <laughs> like it, like it is very definite that it's a cliffhanger, and and that people are very disappointed by that. But in that way that you are, you know, disappointed that apparently Patrick Stewart is Lucius aboard, and that we will, you know, obey him or whatever. Uh, it needs to end in a cliffhanger. It really does for the health of the series. I think it does, um, and that's going to be totally. You know that'll suck in a way uh, but but that that's necessary in television that's why you watch television and not movies right 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 so it, it needs to do that i'm pretty excited about this i think it's uh, you know while, while there certainly were certain elements of this particular episode that i thought were dumb like the drones that we talked about and and there were other elements that i think were completely predictable like there was no other way for this episode to end but with the master popping out from somewhere had to i mean right um I, somebody's orchestrating these things behind the scenes and he's the most likely candidate 
Yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately this storyline will probably resolve Gallifrey into something that is no longer ambiguously a part of the universe, but really, truly back. You know, it's going to be not hiding in some pocket universe as it was at the end of the five, at the end of the uh, day of the Doctor. I just thought of a great ending. I just thought of a great ending. They take all the Cybermen to Gallifrey. He deactivates them and makes them all robots and says, right, you've all got to rebuild Gallifrey for us. Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, you know, I think that Chibnall is just of the age where he would have been influenced. We were talking earlier about Doctor Who comics. There is a Sixth Doctor comic, I believe, in which... This, I, I could be misremembering the details, but it basically is this. The Cybermen are on Gallifrey. And they are connected to the... They are the evolution of the um, the Vord, of all things, from hmm. um, Keys of Marinus. So it's a connection of Terry Nation to uh, hmm. Peddler. Right. Yeah. Um, and then to Holmes because they're somehow responsible for Gallifrey. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if in some way he's doing this. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. He's invoking have, the holy <laughs> I, I think I think that he I'm sure doing voodoo. I, know, I know he was reading we know because he gave an opinion on TV about oh, yes. the Time yeah. Lord series. So we know he was totally reading um doctor magazine of the time in which this story would have been there i wish i could remember its details better because i bet money there's some kind of connection to that story maybe not an explicit connection but that's underlying or undergirding this current story in some way and And i wouldn't be surprised too if absolutely one of these companions really dies and dies because of the adric thing mm. because it's it's happened too much this season that the doctor's like oh yeah, yeah we'll just materialize around oh, that's fine Huge. we'll save this person you know the 11th doctor i mean sorry the 12th doctor did that last you know in the last regime yeah. wouldn't be surprised at all if there is something that stops the doctor from saving one of these companions and the other companions look at him her rather and say but you saved all these other people. Why could you not save the person we really cared about? Right. And that makes them go. Yeah. Yeah. Tegan. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Tegan. Tegan-esque exit for the other, the survivors. Right. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, she even mentioned, she even mentioned she's putting them into too much risk. Exactly. Right. I mean, so there are lots of little so things. We're, that we're almost, we're almost like uh, foreshadowing it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, been a lot yeah. of that this season, uh, as mm-hmm. far as, you know, the companions questioning why they're there, you know, wanting to be more home, you know, wanting to be more independent and make their own decisions, you know. Yeah. And look, what's well, the, that's, that's, what, that's what she's been doing over the last couple of episodes. She's been going out making her own, you know, right. saving people herself, you know, this is like without yeah, the yeah. doctor instructing her. So, well, yeah. what's the hit rate on Christmas specials? In terms of them being the doctor on their own without companions, mm. quite high, aren't they? You know, yeah, they, they usually are. Yeah. yeah. Or, or or there's a new doctor. Well, it's either there's yeah. a new doctor or they're companionless, yeah. or the companion is ambiguously there, like in that one with that had Clara in it, but 
yeah. she wasn't really a companion at that point. Yeah, right, are, with, are uh, a possible companion that may or may not succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Donna Noble. Right. Donna was supposedly supposed to be a one-off. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that was her design. Hey, come on. I think yeah. the answer is, well, I want to go and watch the episode now. Yeah, see, the same here. Shut up, you lot. I want to go. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. And with uh, that, they beat a, beat a hasty exit. <laughs> just let me say what I said to Ian before we started that we will what? be back. For, this is episode. Um, um, 364. We'll be back for episode 365 discussing that very se series finale, mm -hmm. season 12, episode 10, next Sunday, March the 8th. But after that, uh, I was talking with Ian, hopefully we'll try and do a series review, but we may leave that a couple of weeks because I certainly can't come the week after. Maybe give people time to re-watch the series. So mm -hmm. after next Sunday, we'll be back next Sunday, but then it might be uh, into April when we come back the first Sunday in April or something. Um, yeah. But I'm sure Which we'll do a full series yeah. recap. Yeah, because we got unless <laughs> unless this unless the episode that we're about to watch forces us to do a full season recap next week. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Because <laughs> right. I'm getting the feeling it might be one of those episodes where it's like, well, that's possible, oh, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. And Henry steps out and goes, <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, that was anyway. a 7% solution. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. let's wrap up here. Already. Uh, thank you guys for showing up today. Thank you, Darth. And thank you, Cuddly Ken, for showing up. And uh, thanks for Mike. Unfortunately, I think we drove him off with too much uh, Disney talk. And he said, to heck with this. I'm going to go watch the episode. <laughs> It's like I'm not watching Doctor Who for this, because <laughs> I think that's what I'd do anyway. <laughs> thank you all for joining us. As uh, Dave said, we will be back next week to discuss the episode we're about to go and watch. So uh, join us then uh, for all the stuff that you were laughing at us about this week. So uh, until then, it's uh, goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. And with Ian having the outro queued up, it's goodbye from yep. Ian, the doctor. Goodbye, everybody. guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.